welcome back after a long hiatus to freeze radio the craziest uh program on the anchor application uh i am freeze ray poetry editor-in-chief rob sturma and on the other end of the world is i am michael snyder freeze ray co-producer and also editor of various things depending on what stage the magazine is at any given time Exactly. He's kind of the Tommy Kale of, <laughs> of pop culture lit journals. Um, yeah, you know what? I think of all the analogies that, that we've kind of bestowed on ourselves, Mikkel, I've never referred to you as the Tommy Kale of, of Freeze Ray. And I well, feel like that's probably pretty apt. It, we, we're going to get there eventually, so I'm just glad it's now, so that way there's something new for our audience, all, well, all just, three of them. I th- exactly. Hi. Uh, I thought about it because of, of course, the dope new trailer for In the Heights that just launched uh, uh, this week, this past week. Yes. Um, oh, by the way, for the listeners, I just want to clarify, we came here specifically to talk about uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover uh, event that is happening across the CW shows. Worlds will live, worlds will die. Um, some of your heroes won't return. Uh, we're going to talk about it. What There's only three episodes in. That's the main focus, but, you know, uh, we got a few other uh, avenues to dip down real quick before we get there. So uh, let's talk about the Into the Heights trailer. And what what was i mean give me your initial reaction to it well my initial reaction was just seeing like in the heights i buy my coffee and just like you know go on for like the remainder of the refrain there like yeah. uh the musical musical theater kid in me just sort of like just like oh i'm back all of the <laughs> memories that you had they're still here and we're still gonna go i hope you're yeah. ready because it it was a joyful trailer, and and that's really the best way to put it. It was well, it was yeah, I, it was incredibly joyful. I mean, obviously, I think I have not been, I have not seen it on stage yet. I really want to, and I know that mm-hmm. I believe like they do. You know, there's there's it's touring at this point, so I'm hoping to catch it as it gets, comes to my berg at some point. But um, I know the cast album backwards and forwards. Uh, I, you know, I'm familiar with the storyline, uh, that type of thing. So being able to see a interpretation of it on the screen was like insane. Like it was, it was so fun. It was fun to see in a little cameo, you know, a little kind of a cameo blink and you blink and you miss him kind of thing. Um, you know, and then, I mean, just but like the, fr- when you first hear the, the, the name Usnavi sung at you in a trailer, you're like, oh, this is like, they're not going to get this wrong. <laughs> like, there's no way that they're going to get this wrong. They understand like how to meld, you know, the actual Washington Heights, uh, you know, like the, everything about it w- with, uh, you know, with the cinema and with the, you know, the, the songs and the story. But conversely, I watched the cats trailer and I, I have no, no desire to see it. And it makes me want to run away from uh, my TV screen. Like it doesn't. And I saw cats live. I did not like it. 
<laughs> I'm a musical theater person, but, and you would think that would push every musical theater button to seeing CGI Jennifer Hudson sing in memory or whatever. And it doesn't, it's not doing it for me, but in the Heights, like all day, all night, I'm there, you know, I'll be there on day one. So I'm, I'm just going to pretend that you didn't evoke the, the musical that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm still having nightmares about that trailer. Um, yeah, it, it's bad news. It's not sexy to me. I mean, I'm, and, it, and, and <laughs> I, I take nothing away from folks who, you know, enjoy humans who look like cats or vice versa. Uh, more power to you. It doesn't do it for me. And I feel like, I really feel like they're trying to push. This is like the sexy, sassy cats that maybe you didn't see on stage. Um, I did see it. Uh, I was on the aisle. A cat stopped and crouched down and like looked at me and for an uncomfortably long period of time. Uh, and again, I was a theater major. Like you would think that kind of interactivity I would be all about, but but in the heights is going to be really good well, in the heights is also like being directed by like john m chow who did a crazy rich asian so like you right. know that like he has an eye for it you know that he's good with the spectacle of everything so like having yeah. him partnered with lin-manuel miranda is just like this makes sense this will work no questions at this time let's just give me the movie please yeah and of course like i i mean i I still can't say, and it's because it, because you know the way that uh, the view, <laughs> the typical viewer is like. I can't say that it's going to blow up at the box office. I think it'll do well, but it's obviously like people still, even with Lin Manuel Miranda's name attached to it, um, as it should be since he wrote it. Um, that's that's still a very. We have to remember that's still a very small portion of like the pop culture viewing audience. You know. Mm-hmm. Like people are, are, if you ask them, they're going to see in the Heights or whether they're going to see, uh, I'm trying to think of something that's coming up. Uh, John Wick four. Oh, yeah. John Wick four. Yeah. yeah. And like that, uh, you know, you gotta be a theater geek on some level to be like, Oh, in the Heights. Now I've converted a lot of my friends who aren't necessarily fans of musicals. I can have them watch certain, uh, like movie musicals and they'd be like, Oh, that was pretty cool. That kind of told the story and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what they do when they're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of trailers, and this is the last uh, trailer thing that I'm going to talk about, but I just saw uh, right before we got on this, uh, this call, uh, I f- saw for the first time a trailer for The Witcher uh, that's coming to Netflix. Uh, I'd only seen some still shots of the of old Hank in the in the Witcher costume, but I really had no like, sense of the tone of the show, and it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, he looks good. He looks good moving around in that with that big white uh, mane and, and such, uh, and the scars. And uh, I don't know. I never played the video game, so I don't know if like you know, I'll start, I mean, obviously I'm not going to watch it and be like, you know, in The Witcher 2, the, the, the that mythology was different. Um, but I mean, it looks cool, you know, it looks kind of Game of Thronesy, but more, you know, whatever the hell The Witcher does. Do you know, I mean, are you familiar with that franchise? 
Well, did you know that the Richard games were based off of a fantasy novel series? What? Yeah. No. So originally, I'm a, uh, I'm a few concepts behind on this one. Yeah. So no, I I, I haven't played the games either. I've watched people play the games because that's what I do. Because time is a precious resource that we only have so much of. Right. But right. I found out that like the video game series is actually like based on a series of books. And this Netflix series is sort of like entangled more in the books than it is the game, but it's all like okay. the same character, all leading up to like the same things. Yeah, so and like, it just showed up on my television right as we're talking about it. So yeah. can please continue. <laughs> so like on a global like mythos of The Witcher, I can't I can't speak to it. On a like, does this look good? Yes. Does Cavill look great? Yes. Does Cavill really care about the character? Yes. And like, I'm not sure you've seen this because of you only just now seen the trailer, but like Netflix had a uh, promo where he's just reading The Witcher in like a nice chair with like a bottle of scotch and doing nice. voices and like just being genuinely handsome. And like, That's cool. and like he's talked about how like the voice acting in the game affected his performance and like it's all like coming together in a really cool way so like huh. uh, all right i'm i'm ready to binge it next week i really am or this week time is meaningless and weird so it's happening yeah soon. <laughs> fair enough i feel like from just seeing that trailer again and seeing how kind of lord of the ringsy it really kind of seems i think it, it looks more lord of the rings than uh, game of thrones i, I should say mm-hmm. Like just as far as how it's shot, uh, you know, and obviously there's some kind of crazy magic, and and he's he's leading someone or rescuing someone or defeating an evil emperor, whatever. He's clearly the guy, in, you know, who's in charge of kicking some ass, and so mm-hmm. that's a, you know, I think it's a, it'll be an interesting take in in that genre that we've had on television uh, at the very least. So uh, cool. <laughs> And we're back to talk about the main thing that's on our minds right now. Um, the thing that's sweeping the multiverse. We're talking about crisis on infinite earths. Uh, the CW is cleaning the house, Mikkel, and three episodes in right now. Uh, three and a half, really, if you count Black Lightning. Uh, we can talk about that if we want to talk about it chronologically. Um, but uh, it's a They've done what, like three, three, four crossovers now. Crisis uh, on Earth X was, of course, the was a big one. Um, they did the the Flash and Supergirl musical episode, mm-hmm. and then Flash and Green Arrow have run around together quite a few times. So yeah, um, so yeah, third maybe big big one. Uh, but yeah, but clearly they're uh, it's not just a finding a way for everyone to get together and swing it bad guys this is about cleaning house on the entire uh, dc cw universe like this is making one cohesive universe out of these 938 other worlds that they established uh, which is the same thing that dc comics did in g- 1989 90 Time is again meaningless. Not a, time. not a journalist. Marv Wolfman and George Perez were given the unspeakable uh, <laughs> job of cleaning the entire DC catalog out, figuring out how to put 
everybody on one world because you had Shazam and you had uh, Justice Society on Earth One and uh, Justice League on Earth Two. No, the other way around. Sorry. And uh, everybody had an Earth who they didn't want to figure out how they could like interact with Superman and Batman. George and Marv brought it all crunching down and just got rid of classic heroes left and right. I mean, clearly there's a big editorial meeting about who got saved and who, you know, it wasn't, they, they weren't just like sitting there mad with power going and then the flash will, um, you know, it's uh, it's gotta be tough trying to pay fan service to, you know, these big epic stories. And, uh, so I guess that's kind of what we're going to get into from the jump here uh, with episode one of Crisis, which was on Supergirl, I believe. It was the first chapter. Um, and they waste no time jumping right into... If you knew nothing about this whole George Perez, Marvel Wolfman thing that I've been babbling about, you have to take it on its own merits. And it starts out basically with the first minute and a half you see a bunch of different superheroes on different worlds. Um, and they're all wiped the F out in the first, like, 45 seconds of the first episode. So the Titans from DC Universe wiped out. Well, technically, it was just Robin and Hawk, but still. It was, it was all of them. It was definitely all of them. Yeah, yeah. So evidently, I didn't realize that was a different Earth, but now we do. Earth Titans wiped out um you know the tim burton's batman universe <laughs> wiped out yep. uh r.i.p robert wool or uh, did such a great job uh earth 66 earth <laughs> burt ward with his robin cameo wiped out holy crimson skies of death uh was there another i feel like there's one other one in that um in that sequence but they just like they said screw it all we're gonna just kill all of your loved ones uh who else do they no birds of prey is uh is the next step they they show that yeah. later don't they yeah birds of prey is in the next episode Earth 666 is also like i think in like the very last episode of the yes that that um, shows up maybe it's just earth one oh uh well yeah and then uh so a but so a lot of the like nostalgia that you've brewed for these heroes over the years, they're basically saying, get get rid of all of it. Yes, we're we're acknowledging it. It all existed at some point, but it doesn't anymore. This is the st- this is where we start from now. Um, and who's supposed to live and who's supposed to die? Well, the Flash has only broadcasted a headline of Flash dies during crisis or goes missing during crisis. I believe is how the headline has read for how many seasons now uh although the keeps changing six seven yeah six it's definitely six yeah um but we also know going into this i mean okay i'm just going to say this right now if you're not familiar with the cw universe and you're listening to this and you don't want to be spoiled you're going to get spoiled because this draws on years and years of storytelling that they've done with the different characters like arrow specifically who right now has made a deal with the monitor that he will sacrifice himself if everyone else, however loosely interpreted that is, can live. Um, 
We still don't know exactly how all that stuff works with the monitor and the anti-monitor and Harbinger and Pariah, who are all characters in the original comic book series, by the way. And they look exactly like they did in the comics without being ridiculous, which is kudos to the to the customers on, mm-hmm. on this one, because they think, you know, it's such a fine line of making a comic book costume look terrible. And I think, you know, for the most part, the the CW folks like know how to deliver a functional costume that's not embarrassing. Oh, definitely. We saw it with like the first iterations of the Arrow costume and like they did a fantastic job with all of the Flash costumes across the, the series so far. So like, and I think they've kept that standard going forward. Yeah, yeah. And even uh, and Supergirl's wearing pants now, which is what Lois commented on when yeah. they uh, saw her hologram in Argo City. Argo City, bye-bye. Like, Earths are dying, and they're dying fast. And Lila, who is now Harbinger, uh, and working with the Monitor, is collecting all the heroes. And because somehow these para- they're, they're searching for what's the Paragons, the seven Paragons? Yes, the seven Paragons across all of time, space, and the multiverse <laughs> who can stop this due to a prophecy in a book that can be written with a Sharpie. <laughs> the what book is, of destiny um jumping all over the place today so um you're gonna need a wikipedia article next to you and and like some notes so yeah it it all blurs together after you watch all free and that that's just because how how massive this the scale is yeah i mean they've really done a a, a decent job of and the thing that kind of strikes me about it right now and i mean who knows when when this was okayed? Who knows? You know, like I don't know as far as like down the entertainment pike, how long this uh, it has taken to be to put together. Other than, I think at some point where they introduced it in Flash to season one, they said, "Well, we got to do this somewhere down the line, <laughs> or else you know this is going to look really stupid." Um, but it almost seems uh, some of these episodes and some of the scenes seem reminiscent to me of. Uh, Infinity War slash Endgame for the Avengers. Like, it's very much... They're not calling this, like, a Justice League, you know, series or crossover, but it basically is, you know. It couldn't, like... Especially this year, it couldn't be more... You've got your your Bat person, a number of super people, <laughs> Flash, Arrow... You know, you know, it's it's basically the Justice League outside of not having a Wonder Woman or Aquaman, but... We already know you have a cinematic version of it, so mm-hmm. you know they've uh, they've always done good in keeping you know. I'm I'm just as surprised that they've they've allowed uh, Tyler Hoechlin to run around as Superman as much as they have. I mean, but I he may be my favorite Superman outside of Brandon Routh in this series. <laughs> Tyler Hoechlin may be my favorite Superman. What? Tyler Hoechlin's supposed to get like his own series with uh, Elizabeth Tullock, and this was to star in a different like Adventures of Clark and Lois. So hopefully right. we'll get more of him because I love him dearly, and he he does a great Superman. Um, yeah, yeah, and a great Clark. I mean, he's just he's a he. You can believe that someone can be that ideal and still not compromise. You know, outside of every <laughs> every other kind of like weird corrupt hero that we, um, 
yeah, he's great. But um, so we get, uh, I mean, a lot. <laughs> Where do we go next? We just we start talking about plot. Do you want to just talk about everyone who's we know has died? We think has died, may have I, died. Is there going to be a time travel element that I don't know about? Oh, Lord. Look. Let, 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 let's stick with the things that give us joy because in, in 2019, joy is really the only thing that matters to me. So like, I, I think we should just talk about like, here are the things that when we saw on screen, sort of like, yes, this is why I'm watching this. And because yeah. like, we don't know how the story concludes. So it's sort of, it's hard to talk about plot and like the abstract sense because there are 7 million threads that, that they put out there that are not going to get released until 2020. So favorite right. moments, favorite Easter eggs. Let's do that. Okay, cool. Um, for me, I mean, almost every damn cameo, uh, it was two seconds or, you know, whatever, like that just shook me. The, you know, the birds, seeing the birds of prey, seeing uh, an extent, kind of an extended uh, Tom Welling and Erica Drance, mm-hmm. a Smallville thing going on. I thought that was going to be really just a minor thing where they just kind of, Popped in and he said, Oh, I don't have powers anymore. And then they just moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, but having this, I'll say the Paragon uh, uh, storyline that they're using, which wasn't in the original, is a nice way to kind of create these links between, you know, between the, the, the heroes and the different uh, eras and whatnot. Uh, I, I dig that. Um, I mean, the fights, the, the shadow demons, that shit was in the comic book. Those, you know, that lived up to everything I thought, you know, I wanted to see. If I wanted to see those folks fighting, that's what I wanted to see. Uh, Lucifer showing up. And not just, you know, not just, you know, peeking around the bushes going, oh, that looks naughty. Like actually having an active part mm-hmm. of making sure, uh, you know, as most deities do in, in, in times like this. Hey, man, if there's, if there's nobody for me to mess with, then uh, that'll be a drag. So let me help the heroes <laughs> for my own selfish purposes. And uh, it works. Um, yeah, Brandon Routh as basically kingdom come <laughs> Superman. Uh, and I kept enough of the threads of the kingdom come storyline, if you read it, uh, to make that, you know, to flesh out that character. And he looked great and I think um, outside of like, you know, being a follower of his Instagram uh, <laughs> and like watching him do selfies with Tyler, um, I think that was a really nice thank you and kind of goodbye to him wearing the suit because I don't think Superman returns. You know, I think he did a really, he did a good job in Superman returns. He just didn't have a lot to work with. Superman Returns uh, did not do a good job of, of Superman Returns. Uh, Brandon Ralph uh, in this new suit, I think, really shows what we missed with that with that particular movie. Right, it wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah, and you know, and granted too, I I think that because I just went back and watched Superman Returns recently, and like it looks like <laughs> it's it's so uh, interested in paying homage to the Donner, Donner film. Mm-hmm. in so many ways that it stops moving forward. Like, it's not a return. It's like, it's, you know, Superman hasn't changed. Neither has Lois, neither has Luthor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just, it was very stale. Um, but, but, like, he was great. You know, I'm like, oh, 
I, I, you know, I didn't really care for any of the rest of the casting, and I generally try to stay away from anything Kevin Spacey related at this point. Uh, Good call. Yeah. So I can safely cross Superman Returns off of my list of of things I have to have on my shelf. Um, but yeah, I, you know, to give this whole series was so much about fan service. And I don't think that there's been any time that I felt pandered to, you know, yeah. it could have been so easy just to kind of like drop an Easter egg here and there and just like, let it be. But uh, I think they've really, they're really doing their damnedest to, uh, to not only pay homage to the original series, but also to be like, okay, this is our version and let's make it as like fun and, 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 you know, and just completely spontaneous as possible. And I have no idea how this is going to end. And I read the comics. So <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> Barry Allen dies and died in the comics. Supergirl died in the comics. You're not going to, we know in real life that Stephen Amell is done with arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't canceled the flash and they haven't canceled super. It's not like they're going to end all of their series with this crisis. So who's really going to get it? I mean, we have had one flash die in this. And again, I think for as much as John Wesley ship has been used throughout the seasons of flash in various, you know, incarnations of the character. Um, what a cool way for him to go out too, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and that because that very much mimics the original comic book series. Like literally, I believe Barry was on the the, the cosmic treadmill or whatever the hell they called it, mm-hmm. um, doing that same thing. Like basically just getting ripped apart. And the effects, like man, like when they show that particular scene of Barry getting ripped apart from from running on the treadmill, it is pitch perfect to the George Perez panels from the from the comic so Mm -hmm. that made me (laughs) like very sad of course but also like very it was weird because like visually like oh my goodness it's just like the comic book and that's so cool but and then i'm also going he's dying he's being ripped apart he's not going to come back Uh, he's done dissonance between those two facts oh it's so terrible i mean that's the thing you know i love and hate about the marvel movies too is like they do that same thing. They're like, oh, that looks amazing. And that person just perished. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a, it's not a life model decoy anymore. It's like, no, no, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I mean, uh, let me ask you this real quick. Did you, or have you read the, the comic books? I, I have not read the comic books. I've read Wikipedia articles about the comic books, trying to understand <laughs> The, the DC history of everything and I'm not even caught up in all of the CW shows because th- there were too many yeah no I, I'm with you uh, yeah. they, they keep growing which is I mean it's a great time to be a comic book fan but god damn it's also really time consuming and or expensive time to be a comic book fan yeah so, so in any event like I went into the crossover like not knowing anything and like the first episode was sort of like okay this is cool it's nice background noise but uh in the second episode that's when it really captured me because then kevin conroy walked up on screen and and 
that was the moment was sort of like, oh yeah, this is why I'm watching this. This is exciting. And then you hear Kevin Conroy actually talk in the Batman voice. It's sort of like, yeah, I'm going to watch this for the rest of eternity and it's going to be great. Um, yep. that's, what, that's what really sold me. Uh, love the Tom Welling thing where she didn't give up his powers, but like there's a narrative closure in there that like makes sense. So I, I can live with that. And right. I think I think leading up into the uh, final episode, like what made me really excited, not just for like the end of crisis, but also like the future of the Arrowverse was Oz- Osric Chow as a uh, Ryan Troy right. as the Adam. Yeah. Yes. Because that he, it's just such a perfect casting and it's such a fun character. And like with Brandon Ralph's uh, Adam identity, sort of like in this weird nebulous state constantly for whatever reason, Knowing right. that Ryan Troy is about to be there and about to sort of like be like Adam too, I'm really excited for it because like Asian American superheroes, yo, <laughs> all day every day, I'm here for Hell, it. Hell's yes. Well, didn't they? I think they dropped some some uh, lines about him working with miniaturization as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's very yeah, like, obvious. It's very clear obvious. direction. Like if he shows up on Legends or whatever, like he's going to be uh, hanging out with some of these folks, Russell. Yes. Yeah. He'll be on the other side, um, and it's cool. You know, uh, it is cool that they're kind of like introducing him through this. Like this is, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, I can't. I don't recall when he became when like when he showed up in the comics, but it certainly wasn't. It wasn't because of Crisis. Like it was much later than that. But so, but yeah, it's always. I mean, it also kind of works with like CW, just like being a really as, I mean as conscious as any <laughs> any casting uh, can be with you know in, in shows like this like they're I feel like they do a really good job of keeping the fans happy and also like well unless you're somebody who just didn't ever want like Batwoman on the air <laughs> in the first place if, we like, if that's into that right now we're good we're fine right. <laughs> Those people wouldn't listen to this podcast anyway. That's true. That's true. Them liberals, them liberal poets talking about them, liberal superheroes. Uh, I I am excited to see how exactly they pass the mantle to Ryan Choi. I think, yeah, he'll be an exciting new thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I am curious as to, uh, I mean, we, we kind of know at this point that Mia has inherited her father's mantle but mm-hmm. I'm curious of if are the, is she going to be Arsenal, or is she going to be named Air, you know Arrow in to carry you know to carry on Barry's tradition? I mean, clearly, like she's in the mold of Arsenal from the books and the uh, Young Justice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, but they haven't really you know they haven't had that moment yet where, where she's like, you know, I love my dad, but I gotta have my own identity. You can call me Arsenal. If they actually say that, I'll probably throw it somewhere on my TV. But... <laughs> They're much better writer on this show than, than uh, I'm giving him credit for. But uh, She's also slated to be in the uh, Black uh, Canary spinoff that, that may or may not be happening, right? Or did I just make that up in my head? No, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, with Dinah Lance and uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. 
I'm imagining that, however, well, what's the, the damn, the last, the very last thing that happened is everyone blew up, right? Yeah, everyone except seven people. And six oh, right, inside the time, uh, the wave rider. Mm-hmm. Or the time place or whatever. The, the, the vanishing point, it was that was it yeah what any (laughs) i mean that's why i love legends when they just kind of like we're just going to head up in this era because once they get to like the vanishing once they started doing of time with rip hunter Mm -hmm. i was like i don't i'm not smart enough to get this just have them like show up in 1960s tokyo so i can watch a monster movie being made so that's a legend (laughs) do stuff like that I'm really excited for Legends to come back out of like all of the shows coming in 2020. Like that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, and I th- I, I I like the way that they've continued to evolve Legends as well. Um, wherein it's not necessarily a revolving cast, but I mean, but it is like they're not afraid to introduce new characters. They're not afraid to boot them out because they're traveling along, you know, time and, and space. Like you know, surely. Yeah. At, time, at times they're going to settle down uh, speaking of the only good thing that came out of uh, the CW uh, aftermath shows mm-hmm. is uh, I saw the trailer, the full trailer for uh, Stargirl that will be premiering ah. soon and I was impressed I was a little worried because you know again you see the still shots of the costume sometimes and you're like Oh, I don't know. It looks a lot like, you know, like Captain America cosplay. Because um, that's just kind of the design of Stargirl. That's the way she's always been. Um, but it's very true to the, you know, I think the thing I was really scared about and the thing that I think may anchor this show, that's my early prediction, is Luke Wilson as Stripes, basically. You know, as her dad who has the robot. Like, I'm so excited to see Luke Wilson in the stripes robot or the stripes armor or whatever. Like whenever that happens, like that, I'll be like, I don't really need to watch any more comic book television. I've just seen Luke Wilson (laughs) in this, Um, but you know, she's got the staff and all that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming they'll, they'll work with, you know, some of the comic book mythology. Jeff Johns was the one who introduced the trailer on the show. Uh, So he's clearly, he's very involved with, that I'm like, it's cool. It, and it again, it fits the CW kind of teen hero demographic. Like you're not making up, you know, teen Flash or teen Green Lantern, teen Lantern. Why don't they have a teen Lantern show? Because it'd be too expensive and you know that. <laughs> I know. I just want it to be called teen Lantern and I want it to be like the writing to be like Buffy season two. Oh, where there's just, we, we like an alien. I know. Well, so with with Star Girl, it's a funny story because, like, it was originally slated for production exclusively on DC Universe, which right its ups and downs. I love the app. It it it's had it's had it's had a lifetime. It's been a year almost, Um, and it's been a very strange year. So, like, it's still slated to, like, air on on the DC app for, like, a day and then immediately get released to the CW, which is weird because that benefits no one at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. You get an exclusive on this day uh, if you're not watching on that day. Yeah. Um, there, 
there's a lot of weird licensing deals that are happening like that right now. Yeah. But, uh, um, having also watched the trailer, I don't have as much attachment to Stall Girl. Uh, I loved her in the animated series on Justice League when that was a thing. Um, right. That's about the the start and stop of of my knowledge. But like, I'm glad you're gonna have fun with it. And I'm glad Luke <laughs> Wilson has a robot. Apparently, I I think I must have missed that. Well, I don't I don't know that they revealed it in the trailer. I'll have to go back and look at it to be honest. But just when I knew what the who the character was and the and the, the dialogue seemed to be alluding to the fact that he was out in the field at one point. Uh, I'm assuming that, I mean, in, in the in the comics and such, Stripes is, I think, her uncle, actually. Okay. But, you know, someone she's, cl- a family who is helping her, but doesn't have his own powers, mm-hmm. per se. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of, a, kind of like a weird, clunky Midwestern Iron Man. I mean, uh, I love all of those words. Maybe not in yeah. that sequence, but. <laughs> Luke Wilson will make a believer out of all of us. That's I... my. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like other stuff specifically right now on my television. Kevin Conroy just showed up and I kind of got those chills again. Uh, just seeing him do it. I know a lot of people are now asking him to be old Bruce Wayne if they ever do a live action Batman Beyond. And they, they, of course. They need to do that though. Like yeah, that needs yeah. to be a thing. Yeah. And he's of course said, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. And you know, it's it's also so cool. I mean, obviously we don't have to speak of the significance of Kevin Conroy. Uh, mm-hmm. He's voiced some of the most definitive Batman roles. I mean, other than like the of course, the animated series and then all of Justice League like, and the, the Arkham Asylum video games as well. Yep. Like, pretty much, he's, he's pretty slapped his voice on a lot of different Batman things that, that uh, when he doesn't do Batman, you're like, I mean, there's a number of those, uh, the, of the DC animateds where someone else is doing Batman. I'm like, oh, what's, did, did Kevin Conroy have a cold that day or? <laughs> You know, he's the standard against which all other, all others were measured, but yeah. because voiceover actors are voiceover actors, we've never, ever, you know, it's very rare that the the, the voiceover person does the live action. Um, now it's kind of working backwards with like Matt Ryan doing Constantine live and their animated, but you know, I think I think that was more of a, I think they knew that <laughs> those animated were going to happen. Mm-hmm. before <clears throat> um yeah constantine being in the crisis uh like having the supernatural element that uh that they've really expanded on this year in legends is a nice way to also kind of like keep that universe is because usually these crossovers tend to be you know it's about oliver and barry and kara as it should be but like this is a good way for the overall the overarching story i think to to really be like hey we got other heroes over here including black lightning i feel so bad for jefferson at this point by the way <laughs> the way that the they they killed off everyone didn't they the whole his his family's gone as of episode 3 well so when i watched episode 3 it was like really really weird cuz like they just sort of like said that it wasn't like shown anywhere 
I didn't watch the Black Lightning thing that may or may not have had into this. So it's just sort of like, okay, no, that's a, I'm, that was exactly it though. Uh, yeah. I read somewhere, probably on Twitter, to be sure to watch the Black Lightning like in the order that, you know, I think it, it aired like right after the Batwoman episode of uh, of Chapter okay. Two. Okay. So that whole episode of Black Lightning um, took place in Freeland, you know, kind of the same storyline that, that if you've been watching it, it's, you know, more of that. But the, the, then the Red Skies came in and oh. uh, Lila grabbed Jefferson and no one else. He's got superpowered daughters, mind you. There's a lot of metas in Freeland, but just Jefferson was chosen from Earth whatever. Well, Earth you, Lightning. Can't have, you can't have too many people because they were just going to die in, at the end of the episode anyway. So <laughs> That's fair. Um, and it, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if they're going to do if any of the other shows are going to are any more episodes between now and then the next two chapters. I don't think so, right? I think no, it's all on hold. Yeah, everything comes back 2020. Yeah. So I think that Black Lightning episode is the only one that kind of set, took place entirely during the crisis that just focused on those, you know, those folks, which also makes me go, what the hell are they going to do in Black Lightning for the rest of the year or for the rest of the, you know, the season? Nothing until the other two episodes come out. <laughs> I, I literally could not tell you, like, I wouldn't, you know, even having read the comic, uh, a million trillion times, I could not tell you how this series is going to end. Which, as a as a fan, as a comic book fan, I'm overjoyed. Like that's that's how you should do it. <laughs> and in the meantime, I'll just keep watching, you know, The Mandalorian and Encore on Disney Plus, and that'll have to satisfy my cravings for now. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add about the the crisis or anything you know about w- what you've viewed thus far? I mean, like j- j- just to wrap it up and like tie it back to what you said in the beginning, like uh, this is like the the DC TV's universe of uh, of Infinity Wars, and like there are beats that like feel similar, and that's because of like recency memory and just like having that still within the cultural collective. And also right. because all superheroes have like the same beats. And like when you have the triumphant teams coming together, when you have like the, the shady deals in the back rooms which like try to get an extra edge, like it all feels the same because it, it's all born out of the same love out of these genre conventions. And right. as far as uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths go, uh, it's, it's been leading up to this, whether this was like intentional from like the very beginning or sort of like, okay, we're going to work our way up and see if he can get enough momentum. And then they got enough momentum and they just ran with it. And in, in either case, like what they've done is something that is, is joyful. It is not above reproach. There are things that I, I don't agree with, but like as a whole, overall, like I loved what I saw and I'm excited to see it end one way or another. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, And just to kind of piggyback on that, like I, and as we kind of talked about in very specific instances with some of the different uh, heroes and whatnot, I think thus far they've done such a good job of treating all the different iterations of these heroes with respect. 
Um, you know, I mean, because other than, of course, you know, Burt Ward making the holy crimson skies of death remark as his world perished. I mean, it's still funny. It's still very much within uh, how that character, you know, how he portrayed Robin back in the day. Like there was, you know, yeah. like it was still out of love, you know. Yeah. Um, and and like every, I feel like every scene, again, whether <laughs> whether I agree with the choices that were made, but putting in, um, can I just say what a revelation that John Cryer's Lex Luthor is, by the way. Really? Yes. I, yes. Yes, you can. I'm really, we haven't talked about him. I don't want to go too far into it, but uh, but I, you know, what a great element to keep you guessing as to how this story is going to go because there have been versions of Luthor in other universes who have been completely good, who have, you know, turned quote unquote good for the betterment of earth and, you know, for staying alive purposes. Uh, we don't know which Luthor this is, but he's been, you know, uh, evidently he was just supposed to do three episodes in Supergirl. That was going to be it. But then when he heard about, he heard about crisis and basically, like called the writers and said, you better put me in this, <laughs> which I'm, I'm so glad they did. That's a very meta thing to do, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Howard needed to happen, <laughs> but uh, I'm not only excited as how they kind of like are wrapping up some of these last performances, but how they're also launching with Ryan Choi with, I, I think like, I feel at this point, Cryer's going to be around for a while as Luthor. On Supergirl, probably maybe on the Lois and Clark show as well, but like he's he's crushing it way too hard <laughs> for them to suddenly be like, you know what? After Crisis, we're just gonna kill him. Like they've got a good thing, and he's, I, you know, him being a fan himself is like that's just got to be a like a, a joy for the writers and directors. Going, oh, okay, he's not gonna have some weird actor interpretation of who Lex Luthor is. He knows who Lex Luthor is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, yeah, uh, um, I don't know the actress's name, but the, the actress who plays Mia uh, as, you know, the new iteration of Arrow, like, we're really almost at that next wave. Like, if, if CW had phases like the Marvel movies do, like, mm-hmm. this is a new phase of, of, of the CW-verse, and, you know, let's introduce, they're introducing the new characters, or they're kind of, like, letting the next generation assume the mantle um i have heard that kid flash was going to be back uh, i don't know for the crisis or but definitely after the crisis and he That'd will be, be considerably nice. different yeah i'm curious as to you know what they do with him but again like that next generation i think that's and you know if i were in the writer's room i'd be like this way we can always have a young relevant lead in our program and I'm not I'm not mad at it, you know. It's no. it's some of the some of the most entertaining TV that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. So, whoo! I am fanboyed out, my friend. I'm I'm actually gonna once we get out here, I'm gonna turn this back up and listen to Kevin Conroy's sexy voice be all angry about his weird exoskeleton, but I'm gonna love it. It's so easy um, to break the run war rule, and once you do it <laughs> once, you just do it again and. Yeah, no, I, it was corny, but I, I loved it. But yes. No, but, yeah, it's, you needed it. It had happened. So, um, yeah, uh, this was the Freeze Radio's podcast on various pop culture things that's happened in like the last month, specifically Crisis on Infinite Earths. And 
yeah, thank you for geeking out about all of these fun things that happened at the end of a very, very strange year. Yeah, so let's go into 19, uh, knowing that we got two more dope episodes of this and some fun movies and fun TV shows. Good place. We'll finish up in 2020. We're not going to talk about that right now. Okay. But uh, there's, lots, there's lots of stuff to look forward to. Let's, uh, let's take care of each other and, uh, and uh, be safe so we can, uh, we can get to all, all these pop culture things taken care of. And uh, I don't know. I feel. Uh, did we ever have a sign off? We really didn't. So I guess I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna say what I. Uh, what I say in the in the group uh, chat emails, which is uh, hashtag onward. Hashtag onward. <laughs> See you the next time this happens, folks. <laughs> next millennium. Peace. <laughs>